Hello and welcome to the Falcon, a footy podcast. I'm your host, Clarky. Joining me, as always, I've got Jesse. I live forever. And I've got Chris. That was a hell of an intro. Yeah. Cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Just so you, wait, just so you guys know, that awful sound I made pre-recording, listeners, you're going to have to get subscri- subscribed to the Patreon to hear that. Um, that wasn't the actual sound I made. I was just trying to throw you off. That wasn't me, like... Having like a lung yeah, okay, infection. Okay. Yeah, but now I need yeah. a cough. Like, actually need a cough. <laughs> okay. So, gentlemen, we're here to continue our team-focused episodes. And this week, we are talking about the triple premiers of the modern era, the Richmond Tigers. And <laughs> to do that, we've brought in a, an... I wouldn't say impartial. I'd say partial third party because we <laughs> we are whatever the opposite of partial is. To Richmond, but we've brought in former podcaster and social media apostate Broderick Gordes. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Broderick. pleasure. Thank you for having me on. It's you know what I love talking to people who love their club. And just before we hit record, you did point out to us that you know Richmond inside and out, and that's literally the only thing that we asked for. Excellent. I think we'll be all right then. This should go down okay. Back in the, the Halcyon days of story mode when we thought, hey, let's make a football podcast because Jesse doesn't have enough podcasts on his plate. Uh, Broad, <laughs> you were the first person I spoke to and said, hey, I'm starting this. If we talk about Richmond, I want you on. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to talk about it. I, I, you know, any excuse, it constantly comes up with patience. The footy's on the way. I'm talking to them about footy as much as I can. Um, yeah, and especially my favorite subject, Richmond. Let's do it. It's good. We got through all the dud um, guests, and then we're up to you. We'll <laughs> see. <laughs> Take so, that lick. <laughs> so, look, get started. You know, I, I want to start by talking about, I don't know if you watch any of the match simulation, because Richmond had a match simulation against Melbourne just this Sunday, gone. Mm-hmm. Did you see anything that you like from there? Like, how, how I've only seen it? the highlights that Richmond good enough. put up there. It was like seven-minute video or whatever. Um, takeaways from that. Uh, Shea Bolton looks like he hasn't missed a beat since last yeah. season. Um, Bolter up forward was working for the first time ever. It looked like he was, he looked a little more comfortable there than he has ever. Um, they were the big takeaways that I saw. Shorty was still getting a bit of the ball. There wasn't a whole lot more that really stood out to me apart from that, but there was, it was a lot of talk about like our, our new forward line now that we don't have rewild, obviously. And, they managed to kick a score, so that was a good start. Obviously, that was always the takeaway. It's like, you know, no one's putting on any real pressure on, no one's tackling. So, we'll see what that actually turns into when uh, the season starts proper. But listen, we're kicking goals, so that's not bad. You know, my takeaway has been from the, these practice matches, and we've got a few more coming up this week. When you see uh, footy media personalities on Twitter saying we have five more quarters to go, it really does bring you back to the reality of how barren the AFL media landscape is of brain cells. Uh, it's going to be a rough year, guys, in the commentary box. Five quarters. So a practice match is, what, seven so, periods? Seven periods. Yeah. Four, it was a four-quarter like with their AFL side and then three quarters with their VFL side, essentially, yeah. this time around, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that was the split. It's yeah. like six and a half hours of football. I think it's too much. <laughs> I think we should just calm down. No wonder half Hawthorne's players are dead now. Like, I think it's nicer on. to go because I know. So Casey Fields isn't too far away from me, and I know it always gets really mm. busy because they do a lot of like family activity and they try to get everyone like you know bring the kids down, like, face paint in like inflatable like playgrounds, 
all that kind of stuff and they get as many people as possible in. So I suppose cramming six hours of footy into that as an excuse to just try and drum up some membership and business for Melbourne mm-hmm. is pretty good. Like, But yeah, it's it feels like the last three quarters are definitely, sorry, the last three periods uh, are like just dead in the water because it is it is just VFL stuff, which is great for the VFL guys. But, you know, a lot of people are only watching those first four to really get an idea of where the teams are lining. And even then, even if you're still playing, I mean, we were, you know, at least Richmond side, I know we weren't really playing our superstars. There was no Dusty, there was no Lynch, none of these guys. And then, like, I think in the last quarter, they'd probably rest most of those guys anyway, mm. like start moving some of the VFL players on. So, yeah, it is what it is. I do like, though, that if you looked at the final score, because it was like 147 to 145, <laughs> if you just saw that score, it's like, oh, that was the greatest game of AFL that's ever been played. <laughs> no, it was, it was again, six and a half hours of just <laughs> C-grade, D-grade, E-grade, if you will. Yeah, like, it, you just see them, they just try and stuff after a certain yeah. point. Like, it's a, get weird with it. Yeah, that that's perfectly <laughs> it, but... Trans- transition perfectly into Broad. Why do you go for the Richmond Football Club? Like I had a fucking choice. <laughs> uh, I, I, I go for the Richmond Football Club because it was a requirement of living in my house. Um, it was that or find somewhere else to live, find another family, basically. So, famously, basically the moment I was born, Dad, before probably even seeing me, just knowing that I'd popped out, ran, got a <laughs> Richmond teddy and brought it back. And was with me in my crib from then on, basically. So, it was bred into me, basically, to be a Richmond supporter. And he, he'd failed in a previous marriage. So, I have a half-brother who's a Hawthorne supporter. And he wasn't going to let that happen twice, basically. So, um, it was Richmond or the road. I really like that most people's um, indoctrination to their team is based on threats from their family. <laughs> I, I often like to say that like footy or Richmond in particular is my religion, you know? It was I was born into it. I was raised to be a Richmond supporter. I, you know, have the accoutrement that I go to my church every weekend. I I know the songs, you know what I mean? And I pray I pray a lot often when I'm there. Like it's it's the same thing. Is I'm assuming the the sibling who you mentioned who goes for Hawthorne dead dead to your family is that that's <laughs> no no some, somehow he's remained ostracized uh, you yes. know a, a little bit yeah listen we 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 send texts on Christmas and that's about it <laughs> I think it's kind of like how Chris and Clarky keep me around as Essen supporters they can just bag me out I think it's gonna mm-hmm. be like that you keep one non-Richmond supporter in the family the Hawthorne's not the Hawthorne's not the one because he was right for most of his life about choosing that team and that didn't work out well for Dad at all yeah but look. In the last few years, some uh, things have come to light. Plus, they don't have a, they don't have a backline anymore, so the next few years are going to be rough. For Chris. Richmond, sorry, you talking about or Hawthorne? Uh, for Hawks. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah, they, they just just um, rest in peace, Denver now, Granger Barras. Ah, that's a shame. It, it, I, I do find it funny. So, Rod, when we when we first met, we, I was doing the Swingway um, Gaming Podcast, which you can find if you want. Um, it's it, it's around, and you know you you speak so like fully about like film and and TV shows. You're such an intelligent person. Like I said before, you know what accoutrement means. <laughs> that doesn't line up with being a Richmond Nuffy, which you 100% are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's where I get to be. I mean, it's being a Richmond supporter, you, you, it's got it's an emotional experience, whether you like it or not. It's I definitely get my most emotional. I definitely get told, geez, you're too loud. 
watching the footy a lot by my partner or stop yelling or you're making me nervous because I can feel your nervous energy. That gets talked to a lot. Um, and so I think it's 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 funny, like going to the footy or watching the footy is an outlet sometimes. It also ruins my mood if Richmond win. Like I'm done for the weekend if Richmond – sorry, if Richmond lose and it, and it makes my weekend if they win, which is not a good way to be. Um, but it's – it's like if 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 I am an intellectual being, this is where I get to be like a caveman for a, a couple of hours a weekend. <laughs> it's it's good. You need that, I think. So, would you be able to take us through your earliest memory of the Richmond Club? Um, I can't remember my first game, if I'm being honest. Um, but I do remember going a lot as a kid. Like we were living in Castle Maine and Bendigo, and we had memberships, and we would drive that hour and a half to two hours to the, it was like, let me figure that it was like two hours to the G to park and then two hours back. We did that a lot. Um, going with dad uh, and my brother and my mom all the time. Um, to me, like my dad passed away about a year and a half ago and like the footy is still the place where I feel the most connected to him even now that he's passed because it was just, was, I mean, if we weren't at the footy, we were talking about whatever was happening off the field with Richmond that week. We were talking about the game that was about to happen, the, the game that was, you know, had been sort of thing. Um, so lots and lots of really close memories of, of going to the footy with dad. I went, I, I had birthday parties where I took mates to the footy. Um, I love I, that. That's so good. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That was, that was a lot of fun. And when you came from a country town where not everyone was doing that sort of thing as well, you know, we didn't live close by. So it wasn't like just jumping on the train. You had to, um, or you had to go on a V line sort of thing, whatever. Um, I remember going to the rooms after the game. Dad knew one of the guys on the door. So even if there was a mob of people, he would like, knew the guy like get us in so we'd always get into the rooms before and after the game i remember the smell of those rooms and <laughs> i think the bit i've listened to your podcast a lot of swinging dicks a lot of swinging um, dicks. <laughs> 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 like and subscribe um i remember going to like the the footy clinics that would come around or like when like richmond would have like days where they go around and like meeting players like richo and cambo and uh may knights and these sorts of guys as well um they're, they're the main things. They're the, they're the things I remember a lot. A, a lot of like misery, a lot of like, what year did we make finals? 2001 or something like that. And like finally a little bit of hope that maybe Richmond could be good. And that being like that one little glimmer for pretty much 30 years. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's jump off into some of your favorite moments. So mm. look, I think that there's probably one, maybe two. Possibly Three. a third, yeah. Possibly a third <laughs> in recent memory that I could think are up there. But take us through some of your favourite moments. Um, favourite moments. Um, obviously the premierships. Um, before even leading into that, I think I think the best moment was just maybe 2017, 2018 even before the awful loss to Collingwood was just rocking up to the footy and thinking Richmond were going to win which up until then was not a feeling I'd ever experienced. I I remember as a kid, Richmond was so dire in the 90s, which you all know, obviously. Oh, yeah. That yep. I remember as a kid, and we, I went to the footy a lot. Like, we would go to at least sort of like 10 games a year sort of thing. Um, when things were really bad, as a kid, imagining that maybe this was some trick and Richmond were really wearing the opposition's clothes and the opposition were wearing Richmond things. At the end of the game, they were going to rip their Guernseys off and you'd actually see that we'd won and it was some weird ploy to mess with. I don't know. Like, I would I would have to daydream of ways that Richmond would win games because they just weren't doing it. <laughs> um, and so it was like it was memorable finally going to my first final, going to see Richmond v Carlton in 2013. 
it felt good at half time when I was looking at flights to Sydney. Didn't feel so good when Chris Judd <laughs> fucked us up. Um, <laughs> it felt good. A really good memory was going to Sydney, Richmond in 2014. We had a pre-die season for the first half. And then we ended up winning nine games on the trot to sneak into eighth. And I I was so hyped up about this potential to make finals. I actually flew to Sydney for my first ever interstate game and watched us beat the Swans by like a goal or less um, at Homebush. And that was amazing. And buying tickets the very next day to the to the port game, um, which was the first elimination final, driving over there with a mate, um, the perfect weather, like Adelaide never looked so good. I'd never been to um, Adelaide Oval before, just a beautiful stadium, surrounded by port supporters, yes, but like what an amazing day. And then within about 10 minutes, the game was over because Cochin decided to point it the wrong way and he was kicking into the wind and port got up by about 10 goals in 10 seconds. Um, that was and never being thing. more miserable. I still don't think that's a, like this whole like the wind in one quarter because you switch sides every quarter. Like we should have theoretically been able to come back if the wind was behind us then, but uh, whatever. It was a bad day. Um, I, you can't pin the loss on, on Koch, but it was such a bizarre choice. Has he, did he ever come out and say like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot which, which is left and which is right? Like, did he ever I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever heard his excuse for that, actually. I would assume that the, the reasoning behind it would be that then you'd have the wind in the last quarter. That, that's I think it, it might have been one of those things where you want to be kicking towards like wherever allotment of Richmond, the cheer squad was, you want to be kicking towards them in the last quarter or something. Mm. I don't know. Um, it seems like he maybe probably didn't play a lot there either. And he's like, maybe they'd expect us to go this way, so we won't do that. <laughs> it worked for Pat Cummins in the World Cup, in the one-day World Cup against India, but... Uh, Choosing to bat to bat instead of bowl, no bowl instead of bat, um, but didn't work for Koch that day. Um, and then making finals again, and yeah, I, they were the highlights. Were just making finals. Then there was finally winning that first final against Geelong, and then going to the prelim. I mean, making top four, which was amazing. Then make that prelim against GWS, where there were ninety thousand Richmond supporters, and um, the kick out of the middle that. Um, I think Dusty gets the ball and kicks it straight to Kane Lambert or something in the goal square, kicks a goal, and just 95,000 Richard Spores all going up as one in for like the first 10 seconds. And that belief that, you know, why not us? That was an incredible feeling. And then obviously winning three flags in four years. <laughs> oh, just, <sighs> yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> as you do. Yeah, just the casual one at the end. Take us through some of your favorite players. So past the present, who did you idolize like growing up? Like who who are your stalwarts now? Um, growing up, um, there was one player for Richmond, Paul Broderick, which it's easy to think why I maybe um, <laughs> was attracted to him in particular. He wore the number 17. Yeah, your favorite movie um, is Paul. Simon, Simon Pegg. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Yeah, 100%. Fuck you, Clark. Well done. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like that movie. It was okay. I'm not going to cut um, that Brothers, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brothers was like he was a decent player. He, I think he was traded from Fitzroy um, alongside Michael Gale, I think. And he, um, he was just like one of those reliable, like sharp handball, like intelligent player. But it was never like a goal kicker or like, you know, particularly skillful beyond that or memorable. But he was always mine just because he had my name, I, my number, my num- his number on my back. Um, Wayne Campbell, for some reason, I definitely had his mullet or long hair when I was like in grade two. Um, nice. Obviously, Richo, who didn't love 
Richo, even when he was frustrating, he was still uh, such a big character. And and, and in the time, couple of times I've met him, like as a fan, as a kid, just the best. What I like about Richo is he's a loose unit without being super problematic. Mm. Yeah, he's he's funny. I think he's smart enough to know what he shouldn't say, yes. if that makes yeah. sense. Um, it, I like he he's still very involved with the club. He like is the host of the Richmond podcast and stuff like that. Does a lot of promo stuff for the club still. And I think I think our political views aren't a hundred percent in line, but I know that he's smart enough to not say <laughs> that sort of stuff. Very smart boy. Um, he who else? Duncan Kellaway or the Kellaway brothers. Really admired them um, just because they were so hard and tough. Um, uh, Nathan Brown, um, while he was good, and then and then you start really drifting into the the Premiership players. So this is where you start to get your Cotchins and your Rewalts coming through, and your Shane Edwards and your Kane Lamberts and your Dustin Martins. Um, so I've got a lot. And Alex Rant, Alex Rant was like for a long time was was my favourite player until he retired. And then Dylan Grimes at different times. And then probably Bash Hawley. Yes. I really, really love Bash. I'm um, really sad he's, you know, no longer playing. When he retired, that was a sad day. Um, I mean, there's a lot of them. When th- That many premiership heroes now, it's hard not to, to have a lot that you admire. Yeah, what a, what a problem to have. <laughs> mm. Yeah, horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible problems to have. What was it like? Looking back on it and thinking, you know, when you've got these guys coming through, like the Alex Rances, the Jack Rewaltz, the because you, so, you know, I've I'm a Melbourne supporter and I've I've been a Melbourne supporter all my life, but I haven't really been into football the way that I am now throughout my whole life. So I kind of sure. was adjacent to my dad, who was like the big, you know, like big football guy. So I kind of, you know, you get little bits hanging out with your dad kind of thing. But what's it like for you when you sort of look back and you go, did you see Jack Rewalt when he first came through? And you're like, yeah, yeah, this is this is one of the guys who's going to lead us. No, I no, I don't, I don't think it's it's like that. It's like I remember when Jack. I think I remember like, I remember I was actually working and I was listening to it. I couldn't go to the game and I was listening. I think it was like his first day. He kicked like ten goals or something like that. I think it was like it was against West Coast or something. And that being like a big moment, he's like, Jack has arrived sort of thing. But he was still so young and so raw. And we just sort of seen the end of Matthew Richardson, who was such a icon and a titan of the club. You're excited. But I I mean, the thing was, you didn't really dare to believe necessarily that this was going to go all the way to these being premiership heroes. It's only in hindsight. And then you think even like, I think about the things that changed in the year or two just before Richmond won in, tw- in 2017. Like where we were still relying on Tyrone Vickery and Ben Griffiths and we're thinking these guys are going to be like our pillar forwards. And when we win in 2017, it's Jack and the Mosquito Fleet. And, like, you could never have predicted that. You could never predict that Jason Castagna was going to be and um, Dan Butler and these guys are going to be premiership heroes for us. Yeah. Um, so I don't. you can't anticipate. You always hope. And you see players like Dusty and you realise he's, you know, a generational player in this stuff. But... A lot of te- a lot of clubs have these generational heroes, like your Nathan Buckley's and stuff, who you admire forever but never win premierships. It doesn't mean shit. Um, you just you just cross your fingers. But you know, I don't think you can see it coming. No. Yeah, it's really it's really funny how these guys just end up becoming leaders in your club. Where you go, huh? Mm. Yeah, right. Like I, I can see it. Like there's that development and commitment 
that, you know, I, I don't think, I think Jack Rewalt being synonymous with Richmond, although he has a bit of a rat face, he's probably the first player <laughs> that I think of where I'm like, crap, like that, like that dude, you can tell he's a leader and you can tell that he's always got that passion. So I, I've always wanted to understand if that was something that you identified early or. What, what frustrated me, I think, with the Jack narrative was that for the longest time, the narrative was always like, oh, he's he's so unselfish now. He's been a selfish player for so long. And like, if you're a Richmond supporter and you've been watching closely, you're like, he's not been he's not been that selfish player since like for three or four seasons now. You know, he made that change a lot earlier. He was a leader already. And you, as you do when you're like listening into everything that's going on at the club and you're paying close attention, you understand the evolution these players are going through. So you see that sometimes a lot earlier than the general AFL sort of populist does, I guess. Um, but Jack, I, I, I'm surprised. I thought when Koch stepped down, Jack would have been a good captain, actually, for the last year or two of his career because he um, he doesn't he's not shy from doing the media stuff um, and he's a, smart, a smarter player than he gets given credit for, I think, sometimes. And um, I think he's a fantastic leader and... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I really rate Jack. Seeing Jack and Koch go together last year was was a was a moment, big emotional moment. Yeah, I think I think we felt that even as non-supporters, it was just the at the end of something special. Yeah, it was it was. I think a few times Richmond supporters in the last few years since 2020, you could feel it was the end of the era. But this was like the full stop, and especially now with the new coach, it's like no one's pretending anymore that where. This can this is a premiership side. Um, who knows? You know, strange things have happened, but it's it's the new era now. And and psychologically, I, I know that's where I'm at now. I have high hopes but low expectations. I just want to sort of see what Uze is going to do now. Um, and I'm sort of excited for the next generation, the next phase that's going to happen over the next you know four or five years. He's a good man, bro. He's a good man. A lot of Melbourne supporters are telling me this. Are like, it's like it's not good when it's Uze that won us that premiership in 2021. So, like, um, you know, I, I, me, I did I want him at Essendon when our coach was up in the air. I think Uze. I'm shocked he wasn't picked up quicker by another club. Well, for a while, for a while there, he was he was like the second choice for a club. He a was the bridesmaid yeah. for like three yeah. different clubs. I reckon before he yeah, came to us, he always yeah. got to the final two or three, but yeah. never got that shot. For so many years, I was like, "He's he's got to go. Like, he's got to go somewhere because he's just he's too big for the role that he has at our club." As much as I love him, but yeah, I'm glad, and I'm glad he went to Richmond. I'm a little annoyed. I kind of wish Dimmer had pulled the plug a couple of years earlier, and we could have kept McRae. Because as soon as he went to Collingwood, I was furious because I was like, mm. "Fuck, Collingwood have made a great move here." I'm really annoyed. <laughs> that's, We're all that's, annoyed by that. That's, that's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it's worked out poorly but for yeah. everybody. <laughs> You've Richmond really gave me another reason to hate Richmond by giving Collingwood a premiership. <laughs> by giving them a premiership. Oh, with McRae. With McRae. Apologies. What can I say? <laughs> we just we just we just breed success hey, at Richmond. Hey, Brock, and uh, what are you gonna do? Not, not accepted. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move on. Jesse, you're gonna take us through some team vibes. Hells yeah, I am and, and we're gonna start. Of course, we're going to start with the song because you just yellow and black. To me, if you were to make like an ad for football for non-football fans, it is you know ninety-seven thousand people at the G yelling out yellow and black. Even if you don't go for Richmond, you're going to yell it out. It's that catchy. But I've had a look into the history of that song, and you know the yellow and black 
Richmond chant that we all know and love wasn't always their song. The club didn't actually mm. have a song until 1962. Wow. Up until what? that point, they just sung songs. They would just sing random <laughs> songs. So um, after a club, some of the well-known ditties that they perform included With a Hat on One Side and Barefoot Days. I have looked up the lyrics of these songs and they don't exist. Probably for the best because I'm <laughs> going to assume they're racist. Um, but those songs haven't quite made onto the internet as of yet. However, in 1962, Jack Malcolmson, a cabaret singer and dancer who would perform at the Richmond Football Club Pleasant Sunday Morning uh, event, was approached by the club to make a proper song. Now, when I was looking this up, the Richmond Football Club Pleasant Sunday Morning didn't seem like something that quite goes with the club image nowadays. It is important to note that back in the day, Richmond was seen as like a prim and proper gentleman's club. So much so that they once sacked a player for using, quote-unquote, foul language. Which is, you know, far be it from, you know, I guess the current memberships is all like burned-out crust punks and meth heads. Um, the, 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 it sort of changed a little bit. The club changed a little bit in, in, in fabric. But back to the song. Malcolmson based the song on a show tune called Row, Row, Row from Ziegfeld Follies. And uh, due to its catchy melody and hook, the song was named the best AFL club song by our enemies, the Herald Sun. <laughs> Chris, I'm going to throw this one to you because you have yes. opinions. I stopped asking what you thought of club songs because you were like, I don't like it because you became Simon Cowell, who I finally remembered his name, Simon Cowell. <laughs> um, yeah. You became a bit of a cunt about it. So I stopped asking the question, but I feel like there's a bit more safety here. What do you think about the Richmond Club song? I wasn't being a cunt about him. I was just being honest. Um, so was I. I, I. Oh my god, he's doubling down, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the Richmond theme song is a top tier AFL theme song. S tier. Okay, Chris. I we just need to hear it right now. What is the best AFL club song? Just just say it. Um, folks at home, you can't hear you. He's He's thinking so hard that he's sweating. I, I, I think there's only one. I think there's only one that can rival it. I think there's only one that can rival it. What that be? What's that? Giants. Uh-huh. <laughs> Chris hates the Giants. <laughs> you're going to be yeah. Oh, well, in that oh, case, it's you're, open, you're opening this. You're opening the second <laughs> Pandora's box that we prepared earlier. <laughs> hey, bro, thank you for that. And it's you know what I wanted to just point out because the Richmond Club song is a very good club song. I, I don't song. deny that because it's a great one to sing, and that's kind of where my level is. Yeah. Like when you yeah. hear the fans sing it, you want to absolutely love it. But I want to point out. Broad saying that GWS is the one that rivals it just makes me invalidate every opinion that Chris will have about club songs from now until the end of 2024. <laughs> Broad, have you ever thought about co-hosting a football podcast and fucking myself? <laughs> no, unless it's a Richmond podcast specifically, it's not happening. Right. I do want to let Chris answer Chris, what is the best AFL club song? Um, I'm just blues. trying to remember them all at once. I was just, I'm just trying to remember them all at once. Well, they're going to have an awful to do that. <laughs> uh, we've already called sp- uh, the best. Oh my god! See, folks, this is what you do with bullies. Okay, sometimes you have to push back against them, and you watch them crumble. All right, hey, you this know, is for you, all the kids that listen would, to the Falcon. Okay, I have taught you, Papa Jesse has taught you how to deal with bullies. I would actually probably say that yeah, the Richmond one probably is the best it's one. It's true. It's true. Chris, just 
find God or something. You want to do something. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Easy. <laughs> and oh, I will. God. I will say it's not. It's not just because of the song. It's because of the ninety-five thousand people screaming yellow and black that adds to it. Yeah, it's because yeah. it didn't get popular through social media. Yeah, Chris liked loud exactly. sounds. Clarky and Broad, what do you think of the song? What do I think of the Richmond Club theme song? Yeah, Broad, do you like the Richmond Club? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Overrated. Uh, no. I mean, some of my happiest memories ever are directly associated with seeing that song. I think I kind of like it, yeah. Just a little bit? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> well, look, on the topic of music, let's move on to our next the next thing I think about when I think of the good vibes of Richmond, because look, as much as I don't like the club, I will admit it, it comes down to jealousy. You guys have been insanely good. And the thing is, the fans don't mind letting you know about it, okay? Can I, can I tell you, can I use this point to make, moment to make this point? Before 2017, we were a club that was pitied. We were everyone's second favorite team. It's like, oh, if Richmond win, that'd be good for them. Then by 2020, everyone fucking hated us, and mm. that's where you want to be. You want to be the club that everyone's like, fuck not them again. That's where you want to be. This is the sweet spot. You telling me that you hate us, that's fucking, that's what I want, mate. That's that's music to my ears. I, I disagree, and I think you're going you're gonna to find out in the next few years that when you're a club in a rebuild and you're being hated as well, it's a lot to carry at once. <laughs> it's, it's okay. If you've, got, if you've got the recent memory of three premierships, it's going to be fine. That's the difference, I, Jesse. I don't. <laughs> this is my the only shot. comparison I can make is that this is equivalent to the the character progression of Nate Shelley from Ted Lasso. Where it's like <laughs> starts off and you're like, oh, like you know, look at like like they're trying really hard. Like you know, there's a yeah, I, you know, I do like Brad Ottens. Like he's just a good man. Like nothing's nothing's wrong with him. And then all of a sudden it gets to 2017. Like you motherfuckers. You fucking snakes. I remember what you said last time. Can they kill a character off here? Yeah. <laughs> also, Broad, I think you're over, I think you're overestimating how many people had you as their second yes. team before. Yeah, listen, I'm not saying it was everyone. But it you would many. hear that. Like even if anyone's saying that to you, it's like that's that's not where you want to be. You don't want to be someone's pity side. You don't want to be St. Kilda. It's like, oh, they're, they're due for the next one. You know what I mean? If they win one next, it's their turn. You know, they've been suffering for so long. You don't want to be that. I team. was literally about to make the comparison. I've never felt that way about St. Kilda. <laughs> Prior to your success, I felt towards Richmond as I feel towards St. Kilda now. Um, we, yeah. We're recording a few episodes out of order. I'm editing the St. Kilda episode at the moment. Um, and I did say that if I was to name all the clubs, I would forget St. Kilda. So that's kind of where Richmond was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad I can make that joke in two podcasts now. Two episodes of the same podcast. But we'll talk about music, so let's continue speaking about music. Um, And a very cool moment. Now, I'm going to step on Chris's toes here a little bit um, because I want to look at my own memorable moment. Look, I got in first. From the last hours of the 2017 season, okay, you had the grand final all wrapped up. And after kicking two goals to secure a drought-breaking premiership, it was 37 years, what the fuck? I mm. um, a big win over Adelaide. Jack Rewalt got on stage with one of his favorite bands, The Killers, to belt out a rendition of White People's National Anthem, Mr. Brightside, in front <laughs> of the Richmond faithful in the middle of the MCG. I remember seeing scenes on TV, obviously, but the sun was setting and it was beautiful. The Killers, I think, have been one of, if not the best um, pregame entertainment we've had in recent memory. Mm-hmm. They rocked it out afterwards. It was a, such a cool show. I'm a big fan of the Killers, and so was Jack. 
I, I knew we were going to win that day because the Killers were playing. It's like the first grand final I get to go to and one of my favorite bands is playing. It's like this is meant to be, I'm pretty sure. It, it lined up so, so well. And that, when I saw that, I thought it was kind of a random off-the-cuff moment. You know, Brendan Flowers looked down at a little puffy face. Jack Reed wants to get up with his son, come belt one out with Papa Flowers. But that's not quite what happened. So Jack Rewalt is a massive Killers fan. His favorite album is Samstown. He's got fantastic taste. His management got in um, contact with Michael Gudinski, who was organizing the entertainment and stuff like that. And they they worked it all out pre-game. I'm not sure if they worked it out like, hey, look, even if you guys lose, what are gonna, what are we, who are going to have? Mm-mm. Tex Walker up here? No, thank you. Jack <laughs> will get you up here to sing it out. I'm not quite sure if that was going to happen. But I do want to ask. I mean, first of all, actually, Brod, I'll ask you. Were you, sorry, were you at that grand final? Yes. Did you make it at the end to go see Jack sing? Yes. So we were hanging around. My mum couldn't make it because she made the the terrible, she's a wedding celebrant, marriage celebrant, and being a Richmond supporter just assumed we weren't going to make it to the grand final, <laughs> booked a wedding for, for Saturday <laughs> the grand final. So we were waiting for her to arrive from Bendigo. So we were hanging around and yeah, they had the concert on afterwards. So we were there when Jack got up and sung, yeah. What was that like? I mean, it was just like the icing, the cherry on the icing of the cake. What? No, that was the icing because the cherry was then finally after that once mum arrived, going down to Swan Street and seeing the mayhem that was going on there. But like, like yeah, again, it's like Richmond has just won a grand final, something I never thought I'd see in my life. I got to see it with my dad. Um, the Killers are playing, one of my favorite bands. Jack Rewalt just jumped up on stage and is singing like my, their most iconic song. It's like there has never been a more perfect day ever. I woke up my my partner who doesn't even like footy had like made me a Richmond cake. I'm pretty Aww. sure. Like <laughs> I made tiger toast, which is Vegemite with cheese for breakfast. It was like it was the perfect day. I don't. And that was just like, yeah, the icing on top. It was delicious. That that legit is a perfect day for 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 perfect that, day. The jealousy is eating me up, but it sounds <laughs> fantastic. And look, I really like that because whenever I think of Richmond, I think of like the Corner Hotel and stuff like that. So I think of music. Mm-hmm. So to have mm-hmm. that win linked to music and like live music, it just feels right. And like you think about how often that song gets played on the radio, on TV, at a wedding. It's like someone's going to like, it's almost definitely going to be on a set list we're going to jam out to. And every Richmond supporter... That just takes them back to the other, ha- like the happiest day of their life previously. Do you know what I mean? It's just your it, that song is forever linked to Jack Rewalt and Richmond's 2017 premiership. It's it's a beautiful thing. Now I have been quite quite nice about Richmond, which has been mm. odd, <laughs> but I do have a game for us to play. Uh oh! I call it Richmondy. Now <laughs> and and broad pre-show, you did mention that you listened to uh, Two Guys One Cup. Uh, I do. An AFL adjacent podcast who came up. They invented Richmondy. I don't care. Who, they did. Whatever. They did. Charlie Clawson. Exactly Sister. right. Um, credit where credit's due. I'm going to ask a few questions about the number nine. Now, originally, I was going to make this competitive between the three of you, but we do have a little bit of lag. So I'm going to let you guys work as a team to, to answer these questions, okay? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, before that, I think everyone knows the whole like ninth mend kind of thing. I had to look into it, and Richmond had- Total myth. Well, pretty much. So since the top eight was introduced in the mid-90s, you guys have come ninth in 94, 
96, 98, 2000, 06, and 08. It's been a while. I think the thing that maybe does seal the whole ninth curse thing is, did you know that Richmond is the only finals team in history to lose to a team who plays ninth? ninth. Yes, I remember fucking Essendon. I am aware what your club did to us. Uh, No, sorry. I I don't have any notes on what happened there, but Carlton did play. Um, I don't know. I think it was like some sort of accounting error. Uh, (laughs) Bank error in their favor. What? Uh, yeah. Richmond, I think Essendon went on holiday that year. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I, I, I marked it out of my memory. Um, all right. Let's get into the questions. So I'm going to give you guys a, a few seconds to discuss amongst yourself and see what you come up with. Um, I've got... My light just went off. This is really dramatic now. <laughs> all you needed was the... Yeah, exactly. crazy. I mean, look, audio listeners, you missed out. Again, we're on we're not on Patreon, but gonna give money to somebody. All right, <laughs> I've got us, to us. Give it to us. Five find a way. questions here. In what year did Big Matthew Richardson miss kicking a hundred in a season by nine goals? Um, oh, I have no idea what season that would have been. Um, Chris Clarkey, look, help I'm, the man. When did he retire? Yeah, help the Richmond. Help the Richmond person know more about their club. I know. I'm going to guess something like 2001 or something. You locked know. it in? Sure, Eddie. Fake fan. He kicked 91 goals in 1996, a year that you finished ninth. There you go. All right. Oh, Nate, you may get this. I put this one in here. like, they won't get this. I'll get them in this one. You may. What is the ninth track on the Killer's iconic album, Hot Fuss? Ooh. Ninth track. Um, I only know their popular songs. Um, indie rock and roll. Indie rock and roll or some. I'll. Do you want a clue? I'm, yeah. On clue. top. On tops on the back end of that album. It has a name in it. Oh, Andy, you're a star. It, is it Believe Me, Natalie? Which one are you going with? Oh, oh, I'm. I'm is Andy You're a Star the title of that track, or is that? Yeah, yeah, Andy You're a Star's on there, but I. Or is it Believe it... Me, Natalie? I reckon it might be Believe Me, Natalie. I reckon Andy You're a Star is a little bit earlier. And that would be correct. It's Believe Me, Natalie. I listened to Hot Fast while I did the questions, and that album absolutely slaps. How Still is good. this Richmond trivia? But okay, go on. Well, it's, it's more <laughs> nine trivia, okay? This one's Great. a very Richmond. I came in to talk about the number nine. <laughs> I came in not to talk about Richmond, okay? <laughs> this is my segment to push as far away from the club as possible. You'll get okay. this one in a heartbeat. Who was the last player to wear the number nine? Trent Cotchin. Trent Cotchin. Of course it was. All right. So you're two out of three so far. Two more questions to go. Who wore number... Chris, you could get involved with this one, I think. Who wore number nine for Richmond AFC from Ted Lasso? Um... Oh. Jamie We're gonna get sued for that song. Okay, you guys are doing <laughs> guys are doing very, very well here. You're on a three from four. I was just gonna say there are so many ridiculous parallels between obviously Richmond AC and Richmond FC. Um like the coach that comes in who changes the culture with the good vibes, it's all about connection, takes them from the bottom of the ladder to being jokes to being a serious team. There's there's a, there's a, I could go into them more in detail, but there is like, all I see is like someone read like the, the yellow and black book that was written by Conrad Marshall about the 2017 premiership and like turned it into a TV show. I'm pretty sure it's just stolen. 
full cloth. That time that that time that Jack Rewalt killed a greyhound with a football. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> you know what? This reminds me a little bit. Whenever I talk to a Richmond supporter, um, I, Brad, I know you you have, but has everyone else here watched WandaVision? Yes. No. no. So you know, from the outside, it is a dome. It is a nightmare. It it just looks like pure evil from the outside, but you step inside and it's an idealistic world. That's what yeah. talking to a Richmond fan is like, because from the outside, <laughs> us normies look at Richmond as a, as you know the mortar of Melbourne. They call it. It's, it's just awful. There's a weird vibe to it. All the club, no thank you. All the players have criminal history that we don't even know of yet. But then when you talk to a Richmond. It's like, it's like, no, it's actually just like Ted Lasso. I had the greatest day of my <laughs> life. Uh, the killers were involved and I ate uh, Tiger Toast. And it's so exactly it. nice. That is it. Now we have one last question. How much is a can of Heaps Normal non-alcoholic XBA from the iconic Corner Hotel? $9? I'm going to assume it's $9. Yeah, look, that was a pretty easy one. It's not actually in stock <laughs> at the moment, but it is normally $9. Four out of five. Which comes to nine. How iconic is that, Roderick? Well done, <laughs> and well done to all those involved. That is wrapping up all that Jesse's weird vibe <laughs> quiz section of the podcast. It gets a little bit loose in the middle. But Chris, you got some memorable moments for us. Yes, even though you you stole my my thunder in your segment. Yep. Uh, it's coming to that time. We'll we'll take a walk down memory lane, Brod, and we'll relive some of Mil- some of I almost said Melbourne's. Some of Richmond's most memorable moments. This is why I take your segment. <laughs> I know the club we're talking about. So, it's the Richmond episode, but we're going to talk about Melbourne. Uh, it was actually a bit refreshing to look at modern day Richmond as your club has a lot of hugely iconic moments in recent memory. Usually especially a close loss to the Suns, but go on. <laughs> but well, especially compared to the especially compared to the clubs that we've looked at over the last few episodes. So just a little note to North Melbourne and St Kilda. Do better. <laughs> do something. Yeah, just something. Just move. Sorry, sorry. It's sort of, can I just rephrase that? Do something that we can actually talk about in the podcast. They do a lot. <laughs> Let's do something we can actually discuss. I've picked out three iconic Richmond moments from the modern era. Kicking it off with one of the greatest individual seasons from a player that the mm. AFL has seen. Mm. Arguably the best individual season from a player. Dustin Martin's Brownlow and Premiership winning 2017 season. I actually saw a poll. I think it's SEN have been running a poll on the best Brownlow season since 2000. And the final came down to Dusty in 2017 versus Gary Ablett in 2009. And Gary Ablett won. Mm. Okay. Just goes to show how how highly Even though Dusty won the coaches votes award, the Brownlow, (laughs) the Norm Smith medal and the Premiership medal that year. I'm kind of with Broad in this one. I'm surprised. (laughs) That's a bit bullshit. (laughs) Well, the 2017 Brownlow didn't come without its controversies for two main reasons, which we'll get to in a second. There were two standout players throughout the entire season, Dusty and Geelong's Patrick Dangerfield. Every AFL fan was salivating at the thought of seeing these two superstars go head-to-head on Brownlow night in a battle for the ages. That was until Danger copped a controversial one-game suspension in round 19 for a dangerous tackle on Matty Cruiser. Now, that suspension led to Dusty being a $1.08 favourite with the bookmakers in the lead up, the week leading up to the Brownlow, which is insane. Uh, the other controversy surrounding the 2017 season is that it was a contract year for Dusty, with his management announcing in January that he would be putting off contract negotiations until the end of the season, which 
In hindsight, in hindsight, it was a great decision as his performance throughout the year increased his value significantly. Now, Richmond initially opened negotiations with an offer believed to be close to $800,000 a year. However, given his form, North Melbourne came hard with an offer that averaged out to around a million dollars per year over six years. Essendon then jumped in, Jesse's boys, and they matched that offer, which was then followed by Richmond also matching it. That's Ben McClendon, baby. <laughs> meanwhile, Dusty had had a career best season, recording the third most disposals in the club's history in a season, the second most clearances in the club's history in a season, and the second most inside 50s in a season in the club's they're the, history. They're the valuable ones. The ones where he sneaks one and hits you on the chest. Oh, yeah. And he'd also led the club to a top four finish <laughs> and a finals berth. I can just see Jesse just about not, to explode. I'm not going to say a thing. <laughs> just listen, if you've been following just, along with the lore of this podcast, you know that. You know you know what's upsetting us. Happened. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> please, please, Chris, continue. <laughs> you, have, you have the floor, Chris. Well, the contract saga came to a head in the pre-finals bye week where a final offer was presented by North Melbourne at a whopping $1.5 million a year over seven Ooh. years. Jesus, while Richmond was high money. <laughs> well, Richmond was only able to up theirs to $1.1 million a year. In the end, Dusty chose loyalty. He forewent more than $2 million over the duration of the contract, choosing to stay with his beloved Tigers and sign a new deal. He chose flags and also how much sponsorship money has he made in the meantime as well being <laughs> like the most iconic player of the modern era. Well, yeah, poor Dustin Martin. He he's only making a million dollars instead of two million dollars. <laughs> he could have been a Mazda so sponsor if he went to North. That's zoom true, zoom yeah. with zero with zero premierships. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, you know, how we have like Petraka and Bontempelli doing ads. Can you imagine Dusty doing an ad? I've, I've <laughs> never heard him speak. He's done Puma ads. He's and I don't ads. want to. In the same way, like Chris, you got me really close before when you were singing the Jamie Tart song. I've never heard Baby Shark. I haven't actively avoided it, but I kind of pride myself on the fact that I've never heard it. Same way that I've never heard Dusty, Dusty Martin speak. I don't want to. That's fair. Dustin Martin looks too much like the average clientele of a cash converter. <laughs> <laughs> G'day, mate. I've got this copper wire. No, the thing is, the problem is, that's what I was going to say. The problem is he's not buying anything at cash converter. He's only yeah. selling. <laughs> well, with his contract zone up, he dominated the final series, leading the Tigers to their first grand final appearance since 1982. Dusty, we can't take these. It's still got tags in it. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you even get a King Chrome Ratchet set? <laughs> <laughs> he'd be he'd be flanked by Jake King as well. <laughs> yeah. And Tyron Vickery, apparently. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> In the week leading up to the historic grand final, he took out his first Brownlow medal, polling a record-breaking 36 votes, Ooh. with second-placed Tom Mitchell scoring only 25 votes. There was Paddy Dangerfield was in between on 33, however, as mentioned earlier, he was ineligible. So it's crazy to think that Dusty won by 11 votes over the person who was then officially second place next. Like, it's insane. Just a really quick sidebar, just real quick yes or no. Do we think that players who get suspended should still be able to win the Brownlow? I say yes. I think you need to change the award, not call it the best and fairest, yes. if you're going to do that. But I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I say yes. However, I think there should be like a threshold. Like if they get suspended yeah. over a certain amount of games, then they should be ineligible. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, if you can get suspended for five games and still win it, it's oh, pretty good. <laughs> Toby Green's just won three Brownlow medals. <laughs> 
Clarky, can we get a clean suit with a yes? No. <sighs> Daddy dog. Oh. Daddy dog. All right. I'll remember this. Only because only because there are some things that like it, it would be case by case. Some are worse than others. Some deserve it. Some don't. I'm just going to take that as a yes then. So that's four yeses. I'll contact the answer. <laughs> now, 2017 was obviously a good year as a Richmond supporter. But I was keen to ask, how did it feel watching Dusty put together one of the best individual seasons we've seen for a player, but also know that there was a chance he might move clubs at the end of it? Um, I Yeah. I think at the at the time, again, you're not winning premierships necessarily. You don't know that you're about to, you know, go on to win a flag. You're you're enjoying. I think you you're just enjoying him being incredible, and you're enjoying just winning generally. Obviously, Dusty is a the a big, big, big major part of that. But you're just enjoying winning. Um, there there was a lot of there was a lot of that week between round twenty three or whatever it was and the finals was a nervous one. But I had faith yeah. he was going to be loyal. He didn't want to go to a shit club. He was not that dumb. Um, was there was there ever a point where you kind of when Sydney uh, when North Melbourne came in with kind of 1. big 5. offers and there was there were always talks of like North had this this war chest they'd obviously gone for yeah. Josh Kelly they'd gone for uh, Andrew Gaff around that time or maybe after it was there a point where you kind of thought oh I think he might be gone yeah and I've even felt that way since like there's there's every season since he's still being talked about about where he's going to go. Um, yeah. You know, he's going to Sydney, he's going to Gold Coast, he's going to GWS, whatever it might be. Um, and it's funny, I've kind of come to terms with the idea that if he does leave, I'm okay with it. Um, I'll be sad. I don't ever want to see him in another club's colours. But at the same time, it might be the best thing for the club if he if we could tra- like if he has a great season this season and then we can trade him for some decent picks because he's worth it. That might be more like... I. It, if we're going to be no good over the next five years, what's the point in having a, a a Ferrari in your garage? You know what I mean? You're better off trading him and getting some kids in that we can develop. Um, I'd be sad about it, but I, I, it might be the best thing that could happen for the club. I still, I think Dimmer leaving is exactly what needed to happen. I don't, I'm glad, not, I'm not glad he's gone if that makes sense, but like, I don't think there was a future of which Richmond winning again with Dimmer at the helm, if that makes sense. It was time for him to, to move on. It might be the same with Dusty. I honestly think that Dusty seems like the type of person who I don't think he's that phased about much at all, and I think it would I, th- I think it would just come to I think he'd honestly just kind of say oh I'll just retire then like he, he a little bit Dane Swan esque I think he's kind of like that person where it's not like oh I need to get those last few years in I need to get one last big paycheck I don't think he really cares. That's and kind of I- why I think he might go somewhere else though is that i say so dane swan has gone on to then do his podcast and stuff like that like he is a for better or worse he's marketable and dustin martin is as a face to some degree but he's not going to be a media personality he's probably not going to be a coach or something like that i i feel like he is going to try and get them as much as he can out of what's left of his footy career because what does he do after footy i don't know where he goes next he spent basically his whole life becoming an elite football player, and I'm not sure there's an obvious place for him to go, apart from just like having a incredible like uh, property portfolio or whatever. But um, and like you know, he'll own businesses, or whatever. But I don't know. I feel like he'll he'll he wants to he. I would be wise to try and make gold while you can, sort of. Um, 
But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he was just super loyal to the club. I think he loves the club. I think it's not just Dimmer either. Like people talk about him going up to dinner at the Gold Coast. I think he loves the club genuinely and they've looked after him. That includes like Pierre O'Neill and Brendan Gale and all these sorts of guys. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he just played until he was just done for, with Richmond. I think Dusty can't be fucked moving, to be honest. It could be that too. <laughs> it's just like, I got a good here. Why? Why? As long as the club pastures? continues to like protect his ability to not have to fucking yes. front the media. Do you know what I mean? I know there yeah. was, wasn't there something brought in at the start of this season that players are going to have to start like. Uh, there, there's a whole thing about more player access. Otherwise, uh, can I tell fines. you, there is not a Richmond supporter on the planet Earth who could give a shit if Dustin Martin did an interview. He, as long as he just plays footy for us, we are more than the fucking whole player satisfied. access thing is so ridiculous. I don't want, it's I don't fucked. want quantity. I want quality in my football media. Yeah. I don't need to know what Nick Martin's favorite food is when you interview him three months after the game finishes. I don't care. Get the media off the ground and stuff like that. It it irks me. But what I will say, I, I kind of agree with you. I think Dusty seems like a really really shy shy fella. Yeah, I think he really really appreciates the bubble that. Richmond, the football club band, put I've around done him. a lot to protect Especially, him. Especially, like, him, yeah. he's gone through some stuff towards the side of his career of his own doing, towards, you know, the latter half, you know, some other things happened. And the club, I think, really stood by him in that time. So, yeah, I, I kind of think that he will. It was last trade period that if he was going to leave, he would have. Now that he hasn't, nah, he'll finish one club. I mean, this is the end. Of, this is the last year of his contract. So, I think it's still possible that he might leave at the end of this season. But the. I don't think anything about his history suggests he's not loyal to yeah. the club. I think he has only shown loyalty. He turned down half a million dollars a year to go play with North to play with Richmond. He didn't have to do that. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of pressure to to go and play at North, and he still chose to play for the Tigers. Like, if I was offered $1.5 yeah. million dollars to play for Kangaroos, I would take it, but I would think about it for a little bit longer than any other club. <laughs> any other club offers me that money. So just just to put that into perspective. Just quickly before we move on from Dusty, uh, one, I reckon Nick Martin's favorite food is gnocchi. Oh, 100%. And two, I actually, with the whole player access thing and the, with the new uh, player agreement that there's going to be more, they have to give more interviews and stuff, I actually feel like it adds more to the aura of Dusty that he doesn't front 100%. in the media. It was. It was a bit the same with Gary Ablett Jr., who was kind of famously didn't used to give many interviews and didn't appear on the footy show and stuff like that. I feel like with those great players, it kind of adds a bit yeah, to their like aura. Mystique to that, them. Yeah. Because yeah. It's like when you hear a player open their mouth, you don't often get what the actual players thought. You get what they've been told to say. So you get a lot of, yeah, nah, nah, yeah, nah. Me and the boys, uh, we just say uh, suck to our uh, suck to what we talked about preseason, and uh, we just did what the coach said, and yeah, just just one day, one day at a time, eh? That's all you get. You get just like a mindless bullshit. I don't want to hear that from every single player because it it's nothing. Yeah. So yeah, let 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 the players shut the fuck up. Let the ones who can talk talk, and the ones that don't want to don't have to. Do you, who's who's Norm Smith um, like speeches? Do you remember none of them? Because I remember um, Dusty's because they're basically thank you Puma in the AFL, thanks to the other team for for a great game, yellow and black, and he does that like three times, and they're iconic <laughs> because it's it's just that. He doesn't need to waffle on with bullshit. He just expresses emotion and like is the best. And like, what, what, what the fuck would you want more than that? Yeah. Well, moving on from Dusty, we're gonna go back to 2016. Good, <laughs> good year to be a doggies fan. Mm. Now, it was a tough year. It wasn't the best year to be a Tigers supporter. Mm-mm. However, there was one particular night at the MCG that still lives on in every Richmond Tragic's mind. 
Round eight, 2016 versus Sydney. Yeah. Going into this match, Richmond was sitting at one win, six losses, and Sydney was sitting at six wins, one loss. So it's fair to say that they were slight favorites. The final break heading into the last quarter, they held a three-goal lead, and it looked like we were witnessing yet another honorable loss from the Tigers, where they put up a bit of a fight, but were ultimately outmuscled. Sydney held an 11-point lead in the final minute of the game until Ben Griffiths kicked his fifth goal to bring it to just five points. With 30 seconds remaining, Sydney had locked the ball deep into their forward 50 until Nick Vloston bombed it out of defensive 50. A lucky bounce put the ball in Jack Rewalt's hands, and before we knew it, Sam Lloyd had marked the ball just inside 50 on a tough angle with just seven seconds on the clock. He went back and looked at his options before hearing the siren ring out around the MCG. He made his run up, kicked from right on the 50-meter arc, and lived out every footy-obsessed kid's dream as he watched the ball sail through the goals and deliver his team a much-needed one-point win. Now, Broad, where were you when this match was being played? Uh, I was on level two at the MCG, um, watching the game at that end of the ground but the opposite side of the 50. Um, I remember it very, very well because it was basically until winning an actual grand final, the closest thing I'd come to experiencing happiness as a Richmond supporter. <laughs> um, it was, it was, it was nuts. Like I remember the, the, the sound and the, like everyone hugging and high-fiving, like it was the clo- literally the closest thing to a grand final. It was the most memorable. Well, I, yeah, apart from maybe that Sydney game I was talking about in 2015, um, which was very special, but it was only like it was the cheer squad and and a couple of like other rich supporters around that were the only rich supporters there. This was a pretty packed MCG full of rich supporters just going off. Um, yes, I remember. I remember that the siren going, the like, can he even kick it that far? Sort of thing. We knew he was a good kick, but I'm not sure we thought he could necessarily make the distance and be that accurate. Like, yeah. I've watched that replay many times as well. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I was hoping that you would say that you were at the game. I was. Uh, it- it also gave us the iconic, and there's not many iconic BT calls, but it gave us the iconic BT call where he said that the place is going absolutely bananas. bananas. <laughs> yep. And it was. It was truly going bananas. Well, for our last memorable moment, we're going to change tact a little here and talk about a particular Richmond supporter who lives rent-free in the head of every SEM listener <laughs> out there. I, feel like I took one of your segment bits and you've taken one of mine. <laughs> Well, I'm talking about Mario from Doncaster. <laughs> Broad, have you heard of Mario from Doncaster before? I, I have heard of Mario from Doncaster. I'm not sure I can remember off the top of my head, like, his, he, he was a regular caller, right? Like, it wasn't, like, a one-time thing. Is he the one that was, like, I'm going to uh, put my membership in the microwave? Or was that an Essendon supporter? I can't remember. Yes. No, no. That, that was Mario. That was Mario. So we do okay. know. For those who... For, <laughs> that's Jesse every Friday night. Uh, I buy a lot of for those who aren't aware, <laughs> for those who aren't aware, Mario from Doncaster is a very passionate and emotional Richmond supporter who went viral a number of times around 2016 and 2017 as he repeatedly called into SEN following some tough Richmond defeats and let the world know exactly how he was feeling. Now, each of Mario's calls had their own unique and hilarious components, with Mario saying, as you mentioned, that he'd microwaved his membership in the very first call, the one that kind of started it all. 
However, it's a particular call from 2016 following a 113-point loss to Sydney Whoops. that I wanted to focus on here. That was that was the final round, yeah. So that's funny. Like, think about that. We won by a point in round six and then lost by a hundred and what in the last round to Sydney. Yeah, yeah. It was that was that was. A, I also like the idea of microwaving your membership at season's end. <laughs> <laughs> right on, mate. <laughs> Now, Broad, we're gonna gonna take a second to actually oh play God. the call for you, listeners. We won't be able to put it in there for legal reasons, sure. but uh, don't worry. When we get back, I'm gonna actually read the quotes uh, from from Mario's call. Hey, it's your boy Jesse from the editing booth. Um, I wasn't gonna play the audio for this because I wasn't sure if we could, but now I thought, you know, fuck it. So enjoy some Mario from Doncaster. G'day Mario. Guys, when President Kennedy was assassinated, Jackie's famous pink dress, the Chanel dress, was covered in blood and she refused to take it off that day because she wanted America to see what they had done to her husband in Dallas. Now when... When Richmond was down by 130 points... <laughs> No, listen. I've I've vomited all over myself. Now, we've all just had a listen to Mario from Doncaster's 2016 I've never heard this before. No, that, is, that, is, that is a thing of beauty. That is a man who understands what he's putting out into the world. He, that is, that is. Does he? Does yeah, he understand? He does. He does. He does. It wasn't that unrestrained. Was, like, there was humour behind that. There was art behind that. That man had a yeah, way yeah, with Yeah, 100%. Words. That was poetry, right? Like, there was a lot of emotion behind it. Um, <laughs> that was like reading back the Gettysburg Address. Like that was. There, like- there was another call that I very very quickly wanted to touch. I'm not going to play it. There's a, I'm not going to play this one, but there is a quote from another call that he had in uh, 2017 after a loss to GWS. Little did he know you'd go on to win the flag. Mm-hmm. But after this loss to GWS, uh, Mario said, "I presume that you've seen the Mel Gibson movie Apocalypto." where they have little guys running through the jungles being pursued by the Aztec warriors. I want to build a new structure at Punt Road. I want a 10-story Aztec pyramid there. And on the top, I want to station the priests and the priestesses of death with their stone knives. And I want all us stupid (laughs) Richmond supporters to climb up the stairs and lie on the altar and face the sky and have our hearts ripped out by those priests of death. (laughs) They're doing it already. They might as well formalise the practice. Richmond is a culture of death. You can't tell me this. He does not know what he's doing. That is brilliant. I love it. Reincarnation of Banjo Patterson. (laughs) This is Australian (laughs) poetry. Well, as hilarious as the Mar- as the Mario from Doncaster calls are, he was clearly very emotional and got me thinking. 
Richmond obviously went through a very rough period prior to the elation of 2017. No grand final appearances since 1982. Hadn't won a finals match since 2001 and for a long time been the butt of the joke from every other AFL supporter who loved to reference them finishing ninth as often as they could. And my question to you is, does Mario from Doncaster embody the (laughs) modern day Richmond supporter who's gone through so much? Is there a little bit of Mario from Doncaster in every Richmond supporter? It's a requirement of being a Richmond supporter. Is that a bit of Mario? <laughs> it is. It, he is the quintessential Richmond supporter. He is the he is the essence that flows through the blood of every Richmond supporter. Essentially, he just expresses it better than anyone else does. No, I, I, I love those. Um, and like, like so many of those calls come to SEN. There's there's a little bit of tongue in cheek in there, and that's definitely the case with him. But yeah, he 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 had a way of expressing the particular agony that came with being a Richmond supporter. Um, I'm trying to think of one of like of the most emotional games I've been at, and like losing to Port, so much hope that game I went to in Adelaide. I remember just being hollow that night. Like I think I went to bed at like seven o'clock. Um, I was having a fight with my girlfriend at the time via text. I was just like, I hate being here. I just want to go home to Melbourne, and I had to drive back eight hours the next day with another Richmond supporter. That was a very sad experience. Um, but actually, the, the the I reckon the only time I've ever gotten like truly like upset with the Tigers was in 2017, and we lost a game to Sydney that we just we were doing really well. And this is the this is what Mario's talking about with like the Aztec pyramid. It's like just when you <laughs> dare to believe that we might be a good club, you go and we would rip out the hearts of the supporters, right? And that's what this 2017. I was like, I'd finally thought like we're a good side, we're actually playing well, and we lost this game to Sydney that we should never have lost. And it's the first time I've ever like stood up and walked away from my seat before the final siren. I was taught to always stay, never leave early. And I didn't leave, I just walked to the back of the seats. My brother was like, you've never done that. I was I was furious. And like I'd been I'd seen the worst of the Richmond years. It was the first time I was truly upset with them. And we wanted to win the flag, so it was all worth it. Well, Mario from Doncaster, this episode goes out to you. We salute you. Friend of the show. Shine on you crazy diamond. That that brings us to the end of our memorable moments. I'll now throw over to Clarky for everyone's favourite segment, the Falkenstein. Oh my god. That's the right that's the right um reaction to that, Brod. Oh my god. <laughs> A monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the reaction I have every week <laughs> as we roll into it. So, listeners, if you haven't listened to this show before, we do a little thing called the Falconstein, where we build the ultimate Richmond player using head, which is their vibes and hair, body, which is their tackles and strength, their arms is their marks and handballs, legs, kicking and running, and then we throw in some modifiers as like little special abilities on top of it. So far, we have built some of the most... Cursed creations known to man, <laughs> including but not limited to the Fremantle Raptor. That's that's a cool name. And the Stephen and the Stephen May Meat that's Wagon. That's not a cool name. <laughs> that's, that's a better name. And it is what it is. We also just uh, made some blokes along the way. <laughs> yeah, I think the GWS guy was just a guy. Fella. Just a fella. Now, listeners, we love it when our guest comes prepared, and we had a very curious. Curious question in our uh, our guest chat that we have to try and prepare these people as best we can for a Falcon's time. And the question was, is 16 parts too much? (laughs) And listeners who are familiar with the Falcon's time might know the answer is no. (laughs) 
No, it is not too much. To prepare myself for this, I got a new standing desk. I'm going to stand. I've never stood during a podcast before, but I feel like I need this energy because I feel like this is going to be a real extra fucked one. <laughs> so, Broad, you have the floor, buddy. <laughs> It's not fuck. It, this is the problem. I'm setting your expectations too high. I took this really seriously. I'm trying to create the ultimate Richmond player. I have cultivated the best parts of mostly Richmond's premiership list from the last decade um, to make the ultimate Richmond player. I'm very interested in everyone's um, opinion on this, by the way, because you might see it differently to a Richmond supporter. Oh, don't worry. Jesse will find a way to do it. Great. Excellent. <laughs> and, and, and if you've got any other suggestions along the way, obviously. So we'll start at the top. Sure. Vibes and hair. How All right. are you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling, I think we'll start with the great man, Richo's hair. I think like he's had some iconic haircuts over the years, beginning with like the long head and the sort of the mullet look, even when it was shorter, like there's no one more iconic as a Richmond player than Matthew Richardson. I think they're the vibes you want. He sort of is an antithesis of Richmond as well. Obviously a great player, almost won a Brownlow that time. Um, but also has a unique way of fucking it up. And um, that, there's no one more Richmondy than Matthew Richardson, I think. So I think we'll start with his hair. Very good. I, I have a, a bit of a left field suggestion. Sure. A player that I always think of when I think of Richmond hair. Mm. And that is Ben Nason. Ben Nason, Jesus. Ooh. Was he like the frosted tips sort of look going on with no, Ben No, he was the full blonde dreadlocks. Blonde. Oh, Nate. Yes, I remember Nate. How many games did he play? Probably that like was a, four. Yeah, I was going to say it was a real small handful of games. He was, he was taken seventy first overall in the draft, but he left <laughs> his mark on Chris, didn't he? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Not quite iconic enough, but I can see why you think that's a Richmond flavor. We can't have we can't have white man dreads on this Richmond player. That's we're not doing it. <laughs> or on any player. That's a that's a fair call. I, I was going to say Hugo Ralph Smith. Um, however, the, he's got the mullet, he's the mullet yeah. but I think you are right. Richo's hair does the same job, um, of just being kind <clears> of funny, yeah. but also Richo embodies the ninthness, the Richmondiness mm. of Richmond. Mm-hmm. So I think you could go with that, but I mean, of course we can't just have Richo's head. I'm going to add some shit to it. So I'm just having a look through your club and I'm a big fan of Maurice Rioli's little moustache. That's a I was just looking at yeah, really nice mustache. It's got a little Good bit of an upward curve to the tips. That I wanted to include, because he was one of my all-time favorite players, I wanted to include Basha Hooley's beard. Um, I'm not sure how it would go next to Richo's hair. I think it would go real but good. Like, that is a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a ripper beard. We're making and a I real need, Encino I want, I want Bash's <laughs> strength of character in this somewhere, so I think the beard sort of embodies that. Um, and face-wise, I, I also want to include Kane Lambert, who was like just a just a stalwart of the club through the through our best years, and just no one ever gave more had a better work ethic. I think he's I've met the man in person a few times. He's 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 I don't know he's got a very like he's handsome, but sort of in a very like blue collar way. And Richmond are meant to be sort of a blue collar team, so I feel like I feel like he'd be good for the face. Oh, sorry, whose face is it again? Kane Lambert. I'm kind of picturing in my head a cross between Iron Man and Chewbacca. Now hear me out. There's a lot of hair on this fella. We've got Maurice Rioli's moustache, we've got Basha Hooley's um, beard, and we've got Richo's hair. That's the true buckingness, of course. I like I like the, how diverse this, this person but is. But then already. kind of like Tony yeah. Stark, when you know, when like the mask comes up a little bit and it's like all this like crazy gold and red nanotech armor, and then just 
a dude in the middle, just his eyes poking out. I, yeah, I, and that would be that'd be perfect with Kane Smith uh, with Kane Lambert's exactly, eyes. Exactly, just Kane Lambert's eyes, just there, kind of perfect. worried about his situation, and then just <laughs> hair around him. I'm a big fan of that. Some sort of robotic okay. Chewbacca. I don't want to. I don't want to see the conversation too much. No, that's. <laughs> but I think that's. I think that's what I've got for the head. Guys, I, I, think, I, I, think that's I don't. I don't know if you heard. The, I've said Chewbacca at least four times. <laughs> <laughs> We're sponsored by Disney. <laughs> uh, just, just a side note. I do like that Jack Ross looks like the most generic man. He he is history. very generic footballer, especially since I think he started shaving his head last season. Like he just became like a real like. Uh, not even against two like, Yeah, exactly. Default skin before you start adding any yeah. features in there. Yeah. Um, I'm on the Richmond um, website, Good Work Richmond. You've got photos of all your players. Not many clubs do. However, in their <laughs> rush to do so, they apparently took Sam Naismith's photo on an iPhone. Because <laughs> <laughs> that clearly wasn't done in the same way. Also, Matthew Coulthard accidentally submitted his, like, a photo from when he was in year seven. Um, so they may want to fix a few things there. But have we have we locked in <laughs> the head? I think so. I, I think that's I think, a pretty good head. I think I'm we're happy to move on to the body, the tackles <laughs> and strength of the man. All right, I got three. I got three parts I'm thinking of here. I want I want Dusty's torso. I think like to be like Dusty in terms of like you want to talk strength. Like no one, the, the talk is always how his core is so strong he can't be tackled. And like I I really want Dusty to be the core of this player. Everything. Else is connected back to the dusty torso, if that makes sense. It's it's going to ideally like his essence is going to permeate to the rest of this being as well. So definitely Dusty's torso. Um, I want to give the the guts, the intestines of Liam Baker. There's no there's no gutsier like player, no more fearless player. The courage aspect is coming from Liam Baker. I mean, is I think this won the that. first organ we've I, had on a Falcon? Bro, I'm so happy that you're like, okay, I want the guts of a player. And you're like, the digest- digestive tract is what I meant. <laughs> the guts. I'm, I was trying to be literal. So I was no, like, I support this. and also, you know, figurative at the same time. And then uh, I wanted to give this, and this is this is the real like Richmond Nuffy. I want Trett Cotchard's <laughs> heart, you know, the beating heart of the club as the captain, those premiership years, the drive, you know, the never give up attitude. He always put his body on the line and, and, and sacrificed himself for the sake of Dusty and the rest of the players. To be a controversial non-Richmond fan, are we going to pick uh, later years Koch or early years Koch? Because that heart seemed like a different size. How do you mean different well, Koch size? Koch got dirty towards the end. Yeah, you do yeah, whatever it takes. Yeah, but like... Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah, this no. is that one division thing, man. Is- We're seeing things differently. <laughs> <laughs> this, guy, this guy won a Brownlow medal with an asterisk and got us to three flags as a premiership captain. Like, it, no Richmond supporter sees him as anything other than a war hero. We're at an hour 20. Do not bring up that brown line. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, if there are no other additions or organs. Or the liver. Uh, we no. can move on to the arm. <laughs> Jaden Short's kidneys. <laughs> that man can Shorty's hold his up, don't, don't worry. Shorty's coming up. Don't worry. <laughs> Excellent. So we're up to the arms. Uh, arms. All right. So I've got five components to the arms. <laughs> Can they just be really long arms? Just like they stack? <laughs> Is it individual fingers? It's about nearly, nearly. <laughs> I told you I thought about this way too much. I want 
like from marks, like the obvious one is jumping jack, right? So I want the palms of Jack Rewalt, those those big mitts. Um, I want that's the right palm. The left palm, I want to be Nick Vlosten's left palm for his intercept marking. He's probably been our best intercept marker in the last 10 years or so. Uh, I want the knuckles of Alex Rance, you know, those yeah. like stendo arm spoils, like his ability just to get to the ball no matter what. Uh, I want the wrists of Shane Edwards, his slick like handballs over the head and underneath and stuff like that. No one was better um, with the, the the work in the hands than Shane Edwards. And then I just want the general from like the wrists up, the arms of Jacob Townsend. I don't know if you guys remember, but every Richmond supporter does the tackle on uh, who was it? Uh, one of the Adelaide players in the 2017 Grand Final. Anyway, just this to a lot of Richmond supporters. This is the moment we won the game. He just buries, it's not late, I can't remember who it was, but he buries this Adelaide player, Sloan it was, buries him into the turf, and then uh, every Richmond player gets around him and the supporters are up, and it's like, that's the moment we broke them. So, Jacob Townsend. I didn't expect arms to ever be the most detailed part of one of these. (laughs) I'm loving imagining all the stitching lines. Apologies to Jack Graham, (laughs) who just keeps winning a tackle camp anyway. Apologies to Clark, you have to type all this out. I'm keeping up. Uh, what about mm-hmm. legs? Let's move on to the Picking legs. And running. Okay, legs. Only three for this one. Uh, from a running point of view, I'm going to go with Daniel Rioli's thighs. Guy can, can sprint. Right. The legs. Oh, I've got uh, three of them. This is... I want to go that way. That's is this fine. the second week in a row where we've mentioned thighs specifically? The legs are good thighs. <laughs> Daniel Rioli's hamstrings is what I want. Um, Jaden Short's calves for his field kicking. And then uh, Tom Lynch's feet will go for his goal-kicking ability. This is such a sensible player made in the most ridiculous way. I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, before when we were talking about um, uh, players doing media, and I said I want uh, quanti- equality over quantity. Broad, you've, mm-hmm. you've mixed the two. <laughs> <laughs> you need a balance, right? It's all about balance. Brilliant. Oh, this, this play is very well balanced despite their long arms. They've got three legs. <laughs> the fucking tripod over here. You don't make well, fun of long Dennis like that. Speaking of tripods, can I give you my additional additions? <laughs> yeah, please throw in the modifiers. Modifiers. I want Robin Nahas's giant member. He is an, apparently he has a ginormous dick, and so just got to throw that in there because why not? Um, the Nahas meat wagon. I w- the Nahas <laughs> meat wagon. Absolutely. David Roden's smile, that guy, like, <laughs> he's actually better as, an um, as a goal umpire than a player, I think, David Roden, but we'll take his smile while we're 100%. Right. I've already given you two of these ones. I wasn't sure if you liked them or not, but I'll put them out there anyway. The monk, A monkey's tail, like a, uh, uh, what do they call that sort of tail that you can control? Like, on, like um from Dragon Ball? Back when Goku's yeah, tail? Yeah, like, but just like, like a tail that like you can uh, use to like grab tail. onto- Prehensile tail, thank you. Um, that's from the monkey we got off our back making files in 2013. <laughs> then we're going to add some dragon wings from the dragon we slayed on winning that whole thing in 2017. What an effort, the mountain we climbed. And finally, we're going to add some Aztec priest tattoos for all the times <laughs> <laughs> that Richmond <laughs> have ripped the heart out of, out of their supporters. Wow. That's you I've went got. full fucking Hideo Kojima <laughs> on that one. Yeah. Now, good time to bring up my one modifier, which is the uh, 
<laughs> the strip club street fight modifier. <laughs> <laughs> just a also kebab in one it, hand. Yeah. The <laughs> stack modifier, if you will. The stack the modifier. Stack modifier. Well, just to stack onto that, some extra weapons. Are we going to give this, um, this monster some uh, chopsticks? Hey, 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 hey. That's no, 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 no. We're making jokes about that. That was a load of bullshit. Oh, controversial. <laughs> he just has them in his back pockets. He has multiple pockets. He, he, was in, he was in a fucking restaurant that had chopsticks. He happened to be holding them when a woman approached him and started abusing him. Can All I right? um, add one thing that will modify this entire creature? This is not a person. This is a beast of a thing, okay? This is a Resident this, Evil this boss. Is, this is a god. I think it needs to be sort of low polygon, like the Sam Naismith photo on the website. So it, it looks <laughs> like a Resident Evil boss, but it's a Resident Evil boss for, on like a PS2. Just a little bit pixelated. Okay. Yeah, it's so like uh, we're, talk- we're talking like we're talking like uh, the bouncer, like first era PS2 <laughs> yes. games, um, which would also help having the massive member already pixelated. Cool. <laughs> is there anything else you want to add to this? I mean, we've been pretty. Um... <laughs> I've got nothing. This, this is the <laughs> most streamlined and also at the same time unhinged. For oh Jesus Christ! I've had. just seen things I need to read. Give me a second. I'm going to sip a vodka. Yeah. <laughs> Rod, this is this is amazing. Work. All right, thank you. thank you. Broderick's Richmond Falkenstein is going to have Richard's hair, the long hair, the the, the real mullet that's mixed up with Bashahuli's beard, and then of course we have Maurice Rioli's cute little mustache with the folds in it. Now that creates, of course, some sort of like hair dome around the head, some sort of okay thank you thank you Clark. Oh, and yeah. popping out work, his little eyes coming out of the bush like that first frame of homer stepping out of, that, out of the bushes will be <laughs> kane lambert's beautiful blue eyes you don't know the beauty behind that mask but he's in there and he's he's giving you a nice little look but you can't spend too much time looking at the head on this thing because the body will get you you got dusty's torso and the mysteries that contains the guts and i mean the intestines of course of liam baker <laughs> Uh, Trent Conscience beating heart, and I am going to throw in Jaden Short's kidneys. The arms. Now, you don't expect the arms to be the thing. And listeners at home, you can picture the arms however you want. Does this thing have 10 arms? Does it have arms stacked around? So, it, like, they have, like, big, stretchy things. Like Goro. Sort of like, yeah, something yeah. like Japanese horror creature. Yeah. You have the right palm of Jack Rewalt, which sounds like a Tekken move. Nick Vlosten's left palm. <laughs> Knuckles of Alex Rance, the wrist of Shane Edwards, and the arms of Jake in Townsend knocking some Adelaide player to the fucking earth. The legs, there's three of them. You got Dan Rioli. Actually, no, it's already three of them. It's three different players stitched into one. Sorry, I digress. We'll get to the third leg in a well, second. Well, when you get to the modifiers, Wait, there's the a third leg. Yes. <laughs> Daniel Rioli's thighs, Jaden Short's calves for his field kicking, and Tom Lynch's feet for his standard kicking when his hamstrings aren't broken. Then the modifiers come in. Now, Robin Nas, you say what you want about that man, but that man has a big old member. I was going to say cock, but I thought that would be a little bit too rude. <laughs> then we've got Dave Rodin's smile, because if your dick's that big, you're pretty stoked. The prehensile monkey tail from the monkey on the back that was killed all those years ago. Dragon wings, because uh, Aztec man tattoos, because some <laughs> drunk bloke from Doncast had deemed it to be. The stack modifier. What was a stack modifier against Clarky? Uh, the strip club street, street club, fight street, modifier. Strip club street fight. Uh, and of course, it's under the guise of a PS2 sort of uh, the bouncer 
graphics modifier, Resident Evil-y. It doesn't quite look right. You look at it, it kind of sends you down the uncanny valley a little bit. That is your Richmond Falconstein. I'm very, very happy with that. I'm not. <laughs> Extremely happy with that. Society. That's very good. I'm picturing it. That's very good. And it's it's bad. It's bad times, man. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this might be our best one yet. It represents so many good times, though. You have no idea. Oh. I've just imagined us all stepping away from like the table that we create this thing on, and it's just like, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> like It'll kill us with those wings. Cosmic horror that we've made. <laughs> Actually, no, congratulations, Broad. We've had dinosaurs. We've had centaurs made out of vehicles and meat. This is our first cosmic horror. <laughs> Happy to uh, to bring that to the table. Well done. Thank you. So, with that all wrapped up, we now come to the final question, which is, what do you want to see from Richmond in 2024? That's interesting that you re- put it that way. I was listening back to, I think it was the Kangaroos episode, and the way it was presented, that question was, how are the Kangaroos going to win the Premiership this year? And I was expecting that question. Literally after that episode, we thought, we need to rephrase that question. <laughs> I, I still maintain, I think it's certainly possible for all of, all, 18, all 17 other teams to have heart attacks simultaneously. <laughs> it's, but it's not impossible. Because the way I was going to answer that question, uh, and I'll come back to your, the actual question you asked me in a second, was like, no fucking injuries, like keeping Tom Lynch... Uh, Dion Prestia and uh, Dusty Martin on the field would be a good start. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know, to have some sort of magical, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Who's the coach of Collingwood? I've got McCray. his name. Some Craig McRae sort of season. Like, Uze is just a genius, apparently. Would be the only way it would make it would work. I uh, my expectations. I've been saying to a few of my clients recently. I've got I've got low expectations and high hopes. Basically, um, I think realistically, every Richmond supporter who is reasonable, if that makes sense, understands we're going through a rebuild now. There's, We sort of tried to flirt with the fantasy that maybe we could get one more. Dimmer certainly wanted to do that. But in doing so has sort of meant that we've done a bad job of uh, recruiting young talent and drafting, and that means that we're in a place where we need to sort of... Um, we're going to have to rebuild. I think we've got better talent than people give us credit for, but whether that's going to develop into a side that can be immediately like competitive, I doubt it. I'm expecting bottom six. I'm hoping sneak into the eight, and you never know. That's that's where I'm at, basically. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and like if we are going to be bottom six... Again, I think what I'm just trying to concentrate on is the excitement of what that next generation. We're, we're definitely moved out of that previous premiership list. So we just, hopefully it's not 37 years until the next one, but excited for the next phase of Richmond, basically. I think it's interesting, though, because it's always, you know, your your team's not competitive until they are, right? Mm. And that could be really any year and all it takes is the right game plan that works for the list that you have. 100%. And that doesn't necessarily mean premiership success, but it does mean success to some capacity, right? Which is why North Melbourne have ended up at sort of the butt of all those jokes because they haven't shown that progression. And I think Richmond have done the closest thing I could say to like a like a respectful aging, if that makes any sense. Like they've moved out of the successful era without completely bottoming out to zero. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, Geelong's done a much better job of that. I, at this stage, are we expecting Geelong to bottom out eventually? I feel like we've been talking about that for the last. 
five we'll years, and then, they, and then they got a premiership in the middle we'll of that find too. Out this I year. kind of feel like. Do you think this is the one sort of bottomed out? I, I don't see you guys getting much, getting worse. Really, I think you hover around where you are for a while. Geelong, though, I think the cliff's coming up, and they're going to drop hard. It depends on how they manage. That's what I've been hoping for. Yeah. The the trick is always, I think always, that there are 17 other clubs. And how well you do. A lot of people, I there was talk after the 2017 grand final. It was like the worst team that ever won a grand final sort of thing. Because um, you looked at our list and apart from Dusty, no one really rated many of our players, if that makes sense. Um, and so maybe that was a weaker year. Mm. It was an easier premiership to win or whatever. Um, but then we went, went on one two more and shouldn't one should have won in eighteen. That was all bullshit. Um, but the uh, I mean 18, 18 hurts a little bit. We could have been four for four. Anyway, um, three wasn't enough. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Oh um, yeah, that must be so horrible. To win it's three awful. Instead of four, oh, it's just that it always burns you. Just that little bit. If we didn't have the flu, of fucking um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> The yeah, I, I I don't know. I think realistically, we. I think the thing is now it's never been easier to drop down, but also bounce back. And so maybe it's one or two seasons we're in the bottom six, and then we're competing for final. You know, uh, playing finals again. But I I think realistically it's going to have to happen, especially with a new coach. But then again, Collingwood. You know, you know they were thereabouts for a long time. Get McRae in. All of a sudden they're playing in a. Um, did they play in a prelim last the season before? No, I think they made it to a semi, didn't they? And then yeah. win a grand final. And then it feels like GWS are about to do the same fucking mm. thing. And like it, a new coach comes in and you get everyone believing and you get the culture right and all of a sudden you're fucking winning flags. So who knows? So listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Brad, thank you so much for coming. Pleasure. You, you, you just let me rant about my favorite subject for an hour and a half. So <laughs> this is a delight. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so look, this is this is the time where I can give you the floor. If you have anything that you're working on, or if you have anything that you want to speak to our beautiful listeners, now's the time. I have quit podcasting for the foreseeable future, and I am off social media, so you can't find me anywhere, and you can't contact me anywhere. And I, my, here's my here's my pitch: everyone get off social media. You don't need it. I don't miss it. Just just fuck hey, it. Broad, don't say that before we're about to pitch our social medias. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> We <laughs> still use them for business, not pleasure. <laughs> no, but thank thank you so much. It, it's genuinely pleasure. so good to get really, really well informed fans on because oh, we don't you. know what we're talking about, as you can tell from the solo episodes that we do. I'm looking forward to hearing once the season starts, you guys. I'm be listening for sure. So you can find the Falcon though on Twitter and Instagram at Falcon Footy Pod, and you can also find us individually. Chris is at Lowry underscore sixteen. Jesse is at Jesse Spanner, and I'm at Quantum JC. Now, listeners, if you've listened to this thing all the way through, you know what I'm going to say. You owe us. So, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, can you please head over, give us a review. Five stars is the preferred, but those ratings and reviews really do help us with engagement. They help get our podcasts into feeds. They help get them into as many hands as possible because we like doing this. We want a lot of people to hear it, and... The more people that hear it, the more feedback we get, the better it gets. And that's good for everyone. That's just good business. So it takes five seconds. You can just jump over, pull your phone out of your pocket right now, head over to your Spotify window and just hit the five stars. If you want to leave us a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts. I know I have a review feature, read out some of them last week. But yeah, it really does help us and we really do appreciate it. 
Also, we are part of the Story Mode Podcast Network, so you can go check out our sister shows like Love Letters, yes. hosted by Jesse. Yes. Jesse, is it coming back oh, soon? I've been busy, busy with this podcast. You guys have been tying me up with the talk. No, I've got a few episodes in, in, the, in the works, so just go listen to the old ones. I mean, fuck, they're timeless, they're classics. Yeah, they're still good. Still good. And there's also Dialogue Options, which is a video game podcast. And you can go over and listen to they those guys. They have recently returned. So go give them some love. There, they've returned. That's it. Go give them they some love. They actually returned from their holidays. Listen, thank you. Uh, to have a holiday. Well, we'll see you in the next one, listeners. Thanks. Bye. 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 Football.